0: As I start this intro, I find myself so grateful and appreciative of astrology. I know of so many people who speak so fluidly, and yet, if I don't want to have to re-record my intro 23 times, I have to write it out first. Well, that finally made sense when I learned that in my natal chart, Mercury is indeed in its native house of Gemini, which should mean I'm great with communication and language, but that my Mercury is retrograde. So what I found out is that that means even though there could be talent, I'm wired so that my communication requires extra effort and that it often needs to be reconsidered, reworked, all the res. So I'll include a link to the Molly McCord podcast episode in which I first heard that with my retrograde mercury, this means my energy is more contemplative and that I probably want to sit with things, maybe even write down what I want to say first to to decide what it is that I want to share. Information like that is so liberating to know that this is just a signal that I may have to work to find the processes that work for me and that this is not some handicap with red letters shouting, I shouldn't be sharing what it is that I feel compelled to put out there in the world. I just work differently than other people. So that being said, I wanted to drop a plug for you. Yes, you and what you're bringing to the table in this world because conventional knowledge says don't even bother offering something that someone else is already offering unless it's bigger or better and you're supposed to find something completely different than what everyone else is offering, which can be a little daunting of a challenge when there are 7.9 billion people in the world. So I contend, meh, Maybe not so much. I mean, I get why that's said, and there's definitely truth to the importance of talent stacking. But you being you is already bringing something unique to the table. In this podcast interview, you'll hear Becky and I talk about soul-empowering hypnosis. She offers it. I offer it. Our teacher, Courtney, offers it. So many people in the class offer it. But there's no competition. We're all rooting for each other because we know that there are plenty of people in the world and they need as many of us who can make ourselves available as possible and that each of us will draw or magnetize the people that are meant to work with us individually. So you do you, boo. Whatever that thing is that lights you up, And who cares if there are 50 other people you know of who are doing the exact same thing? Those people are not you. You have a unique journey and you are meant to help specific people. They need what you can offer, that special energy you bring. All right, so a few quick or not so quick notes. First, I invite you to join my Patreon. There are two levels at which you can join. $5, which I call my pom-pom tier, and I can't help but do a little (laughs) motion that you can't see with, like, I'm pom-pomming. Okay, this is the pom-pom tier, and $10, uh, which I call my thunder tier, because a pack of dragons, which I love, is called a thunder. With both tiers, you get access to the podcast bonuses, as well as the short videos I frequently put out during the week. I think it's fun. During my lunch at work, I'll often uncap a bottle of root beer kombucha and read the wisdom printed under the cap and I'll add my two cents or I'll do a live scratch off of a lottery ticket. I have received the comment that made my day, which of course in turn made my day. I have, I, I've also been known to do a little song and dance, but maybe it's best. You don't see that. Becky, whom you will hear in today's interview, joined my Patreon team last month. I had asked her when she joined what she would like to see offered in my Patreon. You know, book club, monthly monthly Zoom call, etc. I think you're going to get a good idea about the kind of person you're about to meet by her response when she messaged me back. I just want to support your spiritual journey and support you supporting other spiritual creators and entrepreneurs. So keep up the good work. That's oh, she said. <laughs> that was so, so fantastic. So today's podcast does have a bonus feature for Patreon supporters that of my hypnosis session with Becky, uh, where I was the client back in January. It's been edited for time as I doubt you want to sit through all the quiet time that happens during sessions while the client, AKA me, is experiencing things unseen to everyone else. It was a bit of a difficult session. There were no stunning visuals, but rather painful emotions. Becky did a stellar job of picking out wisdom that I could carry with me from the experience. I saw bits of a past life, or if you prefer, uh, bits of a construct that made me sit with an experience of loneliness and being completely cut off from my feelings. Becky masterfully led me through some ways of going through blocks that perhaps you'll find those techniques useful as well whenever you're sitting with an uncomfortable feeling doesn't want to budge so check it out yeah in the interview you'll hear Becky mention that she may offer soul empowering hypnosis in the future well it's official she is now accepting clients if you want to book a session with Becky there is a link in the show notes to do that another note uh, during the episode you'll hear me cast shade on little Pollyanna Little did I know that later during Becky's Create 30 course, I would come to the part in which she actually extols the virtues of Pollyanna and her glad game. I was like, oh my gosh, I I stuck my foot in my mouth. I didn't even know it. So, I did submit a loan request on my library's website for the book for my daughter and I to listen to because it's been forever since I read it. and. I did find this fantastic quote from the book. Instead of always harping on a man's faults, tell him of his virtues. Try to pull him out of his rut of bad habits. Hold him, okay, hold up to him his better self, his real self that can dare and do and win out. So my apologies to Pollyanna. I love it. Now, some of you may be listening to this on a platform that allows you to click on the hyperlink I have on Dolores Cannon's name in the show notes. For fun, I invite you to click on Dolores Cannon's website just to see the picture of her there. It will give you all the warm fuzzies. Either it will remind you of the grandma you had or the grandma you wished you would had. You look at her and you just know that for your next birthday, you can expect a card in the mail with her chicken scratch greeting on the inside and a worn $1 bill. (laughs) Or that come Christmas, she'll give you a special smile and conspiratorially whisper in your ear that Santa brought you an extra present tucked behind the tree. I got the feeling that when the photographer sat her down to take this picture, he said... Now, Dolores, think of your favorite grandchild and give me a smile. Whereupon, she said in a saintly way, I love all my grandchildren equally. And you really believe that's exactly how she feels. All right, okay, so enough of that. Lastly, I want you to, I want to encourage you to verbalize your thanks to those people in your life that are enriching your experience in ways both big and small. You may think someone else just knows or that they get plenty of affirmation somewhere else or that if you told them once, it applies forever. But here's a good mantra when it comes to appreciation. If you think it, say it. Thanks for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm April Dawn Scheffler, and I invite you to play with me and my guest today, Becky Nevin. Thank you for having me. Well, in this segment, we pop into a virtual coffee house before hitting the beach. And being the benevolent host that I am, your order's on me. So what order do you give the barista? Uh, I'll just have a plain tea. When you say plain, is that plain, black hot. tea? Just black, plain black tea. Yes. Hot. Preferred. Gotcha. <laughs> well, now that you have your uh, hot, refreshing beverage, let's dive right in. Well, sometimes living one's purpose and going through this human experience can look like playing small, but other times it can look like playing big. So, in your spotlight moments, Becky, have there been any claims to fame, times that our listeners may have seen you or your work?
1: <laughs> I was actually in a nationally syndicated TV commercial. <laughs> you can Google it, it was for Vista Prints. And um, my husband actually got called to do it because. He had a small handyman business and he used their products and um, they had me because I was the one who did the computer, did the ordering online for him. So they took us to LA and the commercial ended up being more about me than him because they wanted to know, you know, about the ordering and how easy it was and all that stuff. And so he's kind of in the B-roll acting like a handyman in this fake, uh, uh, scene that they set up for us so that is so neat i will
0: definitely be googling that to see if i can find that for sure yes
1: that was a long time ago
0: <laughs> guests are asked to choose a word or phrase that they would like to hear used more often in everyday conversations something that doesn't get enough play or enough airtime and the prior guest chose colorful So you are tasked to try to somehow fit that into our conversation today, okay? Okay. And you also get to choose a word for the next guest to dance with. And it could be a peculiar word that you find funny or that resonates with you. So what are you laying down for them to pick up? I'm going
1: to pick the word sundry it means variety but it has the word sun in it and it was actually the first word that i started when i was studying for the sat I had this huge stack of words that i was going to learn and it was the first one that came up in the stack so i of course remembered it and then it actually came up on the sat so i was like thank you universe for helping me make my studying actually useful so sundry
0: so, I don't know if listeners are going to get tired of me throwing Courtney's name around everywhere, <laughs> but I can't help it because that's how I'm meeting all of these awesome people and making connections here lately is through Courtney's Soul Empowering Hypnosis workshop. And so, you and I got paired during one of those uh, workshops. We were the practitioner, and I was the client because this was in the January workshop so that's how we first met and i listeners have heard details of my session with megan McHugh about how sounds were triggering me it was my very first hypnosis session mm-hmm. and so when you and i got paired up and there was a similar there was another sound issue with I guess, on your end with the computer or something and i was thinking to myself oh not again because I, I, I was feeling that fault like on me, not on you, because if I were somehow different, it just wouldn't bother me. And and I was so worried that having started off our, our session together like this, that it was going to kind of maybe put you off a little bit, and that it was going to somehow taint the experience. And maybe I would get just just a little bit of shade of attitude thrown in. And you were so, so nice and sunny because I could feel that you were doing what you could to try and fix things on your end to get rid of what we thought was a fan or like, I think we figured out it was the fan inside your computer. Your microphone was just picking that up. Yeah. And so um, you were trying to fix that. And I could tell that you were legitimately just wanting me to be comfortable. like So whatever it took to make sure that I was in a place where I could be receptive and heal or whatever the universe had in in store for us during that session, that's what you wanted to make happen. So honestly, at the moment, I can't recall exactly what happened during our session. I just remember how you really embodied, uh, graciousness. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you.
1: (laughs) No, I really, I really love that. I can trust the universe. I doubt it still once in a while, but I, especially in those hypnosis sessions, I know the universe wants us to be there, whoever I'm with at the time and it always works out. And sometimes it works out in surprisingly like, better than i think it does even if they start off rocky or and i really do if i i'm considering you know offering hypnosis as a a thing i do and i want to make sure my setup's good so it was i was happy that you were pointing it out instead of having this annoying thing in the back of you distracting you the whole time I wish more people I mean me I'm the opposite I would just sit there and go oh no there's this noise that's bothering me and I can't get into hypnosis but I won't say anything so I appreciated it because um I want my setup to be good and I went out and got a new microphone and I, I think that helped with the hypnosis recordings I've been working on anyway so I appreciate it it was good feedback
0: so I have been very open With my listeners as to what happens during my sessions, I'm the client. I don't have a whole lot that I hold back. Do you remember anything from our session that might be helpful? Oh, yeah. I remember.
1: So uh, I remember that I was trying to get you to channel your soul's voice because I love that. I think especially with people that are newer to the experience, like when, when you do that, you're like, wow, this, it helps remove a lot of the doubt because I know when I channel my soul voice stuff that stuff comes out of me that I wouldn't say normally. And it helps me feel validated that the experience is real and I'm not just making it up. And so I was trying to do that with you. And I, and I knew you were newer. I was like, no, but this will be really great. And I was just feeling like I should do that. And the universe was like pushing me, but you were having a little trouble with it, and then I pulled in white light energy, and we did the rose metaphor.
0: Mm. You yeah, remember yeah, that?
1: yeah. And then you started, um, I don't actually remember if you ended up channeling your voice, but it, it opened you up a lot more, and then the session, I thought, flew really nicely after that, and then you made that beautiful meditation from the rose metaphor, which was like far beyond, <laughs> you took the metaphor just to another level completely that was beautiful.
0: I know with you asking me to channel my soul's voice, it did not end up coming the entire session, but yeah. it felt like how sometimes you're in a dream and you're wanting to talk, and it's like almost there where you're almost breaking out of your sleep to, to say, to verbalize something, but it, it just was not breaking through um, yeah. to make itself audible. You took me through a a deepener where there was rose imagery, and I really enjoyed that. So later on, one of the assignments, and I put that in air quotes, that Courtney had given to the group was to just channel your own screen. Like, invite your soul to tell you what kind of uh, hypnosis, induction script to write. I sat down and, and invited my, my soul to write a, an, an induction script. And what came through was, yeah, the whole idea of a rose. And I have used it since then as a practitioner. And, I mean, it seems like it's worked really well. This last time, I didn't even bother trying the maybe it was the last two times I had, I didn't even bother trying the deepener because I mean, the sessions just took off straight with just the rose imagery. And but fast forward until the next session, we came together as a group and Courtney asked what we wanted to bring up. And I was just interested in finding out what everyone else had written for their. In air quotes, assignment, their mm-hmm. challenge, and come to find out, I guess, no one had anything written out, or at least ready to share, that, that, that wasn't ready to share, but by me asking, you know, to hear what everyone wrote, I kind of outed myself somehow mm-hmm. that I had something, <laughs> and So this is our very first meeting together for the uh, Level Up workshop, and we're running low on time, and some people wanted to have some sort of hypnosis session, and then others were like, oh, we don't have enough time to really get into a hypnosis session. So what Courtney suggested, hey, April, since you have a script, let's kill two birds with one stone. You can tell us the script, and we'll all go on a, a mini group hypnosis session. <laughs> so, I was dying. I was dying, Becky. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney does
1: that to you. She's like, she just pushes you like oh. a little further than you want to go, but then it's wonderful. Afterwards, you're like, thank you for that push, Mama Bird. <laughs> I wanted to fly.
0: I definitely felt like I was having to uh, try out some wings that I didn't know if I had or not, but you had them. It was (laughs) awesome. It was so challenging. I was just like, and so what I've been trying to do, whether it's preparing for an interview with the podcast or going into a hypnosis session, I just try not to think about it. (laughs) Try to compartmentalize what's going on in my brain because and maybe I'm good at that because of trauma that's happened in my life but I'm able to well sometimes I'm able to compartmentalize it and I'm like I can think about this later and trip out and freak out later but right now let me just do what she asked me to do and I can die of embarrassment later (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well you shouldn't have been embarrassed because it was awesome and what you're doing when you're doing that compartmentalization I like to think of it as it's like a mini instant meditation where you're just clearing your mind and you're making room for your soul to have room and they'll guide you through it and you did a wonderful job so that meditation the the you wrote was so beautiful I felt like I was inside this beautiful comfortable rose and you described it so beautifully you can tell you're a writer it was just really really amazing and super easy to relax because it was just so visual and comfortable and then you didn't want to think about anything else about except for being in the rose and that's what you really need to kind of get into the mood of not thinking about the rest of what's going on in your
0: world. I like that you brought up about it being like a quick meditation that does sound like a very happy and healthy way of addressing it instead of trauma-induced compartmentalization. (laughs) Courtney's all about, right, whenever you come across a situation where it could possibly like dip into something that's not as uh, happy or whatever, she can, she suggests to the practitioners to reroute the trajectory of the session by asking, what is, a happy, healthy way that we can, you know, proceed and, and use this information and and go from there. So I like what you did with that. <laughs> I've learned from the
1: master. <laughs> and she brings together such wonderful people. So that's why I feel so comfortable. And every new person who comes in the SEH, I'm like, oh, another wonderful person. There's so many of them. It's, it's really... Help me be more cheerful too about the world because I've been healing and like hiding out, like afraid to, you know, really express who I was. But then when I started SEH back in August of last year, I was like, wow, there are all these people who really care, like really truly care and want to help you. And they're not, mo- they're, they're only motivated by that, by wanting to help you. And You know, I was scared doing my first hypnosis session as a practitioner the first time. And that's where she was, you know, pushing me. I almost didn't join the session. I was like, I'm not ready. I'll do it later. See how it goes your first time. I'll try it another time. And she, she pushes and it ended up being amazing. And it's, my life has accelerated completely since that last August as a result of being in her SEH classes
0: question for you since i have just started trying out the waters of being a practitioner when did you first feel that rush of uh satisfaction of excitement that this like hypnosis was definitely something you wanted to incorporate like you enjoy uh, facilitating sessions as a practitioner was it right away it was right away the
1: in SEH, I would say there's two moments where I was like, wow, this is something I would, I'm going to always do the rest of my life for sure. Whether I do it like as a practice or a job or a career, I don't, I haven't figured that out, but the first time I had um, hypnosis on myself was um, in early 2017 and I had someone do QHHT on me and it was life-changing the point, I feel like, where I went from my bottom pit and started making my way back up. And that was amazing. It was a five-hour session. We covered so much. And I I was so deep, I didn't even remember it. I have listened to that session probably 20 times since then. And that was when I was, I was like, oh, my life makes sense. Everything makes sense all these questions I've ever had growing up about why these things are happening, you know, it all made sense uh, um, and it made more and more sense as I kept listening to it and and I was hooked uh, and I actually right after that signed up for um, Dolores Cannon's QHHT training um, level one online and I did that and Um, I love the class, and I learned a ton, but I I just moved, and I didn't know anyone, so I had nobody to practice on, so I kind of sat for a year having these great skills, but you don't go around asking your neighbors or people you just met, like, do you want to be hypnotized? So when Courtney's class came around, um, I'd already had a session with her and consumed every other thing she'd put out. I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I was hemming and Hine, and then she pushed me into it. And my first session as a practitioner there was as amazing as my first one being a client, because I was like, I can do this. You know, I, even though I'd had training and even though, um, you know, I really do think we are all powerful creators. I still had that doubt in my head that like, could I actually put someone in hypnosis and would it be beneficial for them? And it, it was, and that was just such an amazing experience to be able to do that and then do it eight more times that month or seven more times that month, eight times total was just mind blowing to me. So it really kind of accelerated my growth. I feel Courtney likes to say you can jump timelines. So I feel like that helped me have the motivation to be like, let's get going with this stuff. It's, Mm -hmm. I'm ready to start, you know, accelerating my path in this direction, so.
0: Uh, Speaking of switching timelines, she just released some, a recording of her and Brittany Critella uh, in a clubhouse chat room, and where she references where she thinks a timeline changed for her on March 12th, and she left it as a cliffhanger, and so I'm so intrigued and I can't wait to hear what she has to say about how that felt like before and after and what made her sense that there was a timeline shift. Have you experienced something that you know as a timeline shift and how did that feel in your body?
1: I feel like I had a timeline shift uh, right around my last birthday and I had gotten in like a small fight with my husband, but it was really kind of like, because I've been going on the spiritual journey a lot faster than him and kind of bringing him along and I actually found out in my original QHHT that that was my contract with him is that I would be presenting these new ideas and i having him awaken and he would fight with me about it. And then he would come around <laughs> and that's been our pattern. And the, the fighting has been like less serious and the time to come around has gotten smaller and smaller. I mean, it used to be a month. I'd be like, okay, we're going to have this argument. I'm going to present this thing, new thought to him, and he's going to get mad at me, but in a month, he'll come around. Now it's like the next day. He's like, all right. (laughs) Or sometimes he jokes. He's like, just let me think on that. I'm sure you're right, but it's just, I got to let it settle. Mm -hmm. And we had one of those, um, right around my last birthday. And I was like, so distraught because this one was kind of more intense than before and I was like well if he can't come around to this like I don't know what I'm gonna do I really had that moment and I actually meditated that night like super intense meditation because this would be a breaking point between us like if he's not gonna and it really felt to me like he might not go along with this and this was when I was trying to say like I want to make this a career that was kind of mostly what the argument is like and do this, you know, and I'd have to publicize and kind of have to adjust things in our lives and to make this work. I did a meditation that night and I woke up and not only had he was, was he on board even after we'd had this huge fight, but I just felt lighter. Like the, I just felt like the air was sunnier and the the what I breathed was cooler and this heaviness over my shoulders was just gone. And, and I was looking around and it felt like the sky, like world was sparkling. Like, you know, you make cartoons wake up in a different reality. I just felt like that the next day. And then we didn't even argue about what we had argued about. And I just started going on the path that I had kind of laid out for him. And he didn't, he was supportive and actually like, really excited about it without even having to like go back to the argument and be like come on let's hash out what we're we're trying to think and in my meditation i was like i don't want this to be a conflict between us i want i i think i know i'm right if i'm wrong show me where i'm wrong and i can adjust my argument and make those things and the universe was like no um we're gonna work this out for you so maybe they did something with him while he was sleeping too or we jumped timelines in which he had already come to that realization. Um, and then since then it's been like a whirlwind, Me building up this, you know, course that I'm working on and taking up a lot of our family time to do it. And then him just being 100% on board supportive without any reservations, which is not usually what happens. So I feel like to me, that was a timeline jump.
0: Well, I know, that you hold a special place in Courtney's heart. Um, She attributes you as to being this impetus towards. She started her
1: um, hypnosis membership on November 11th. So my birthday's in November. So obviously November is a special thing. And I've always been obsessed with palindrome numbers. So forward and backwards, they're the same. So 1111 is not only an awesome palindrome but it's like an angel number it's my birth month number i just have always been obsessed i attribute like whenever i see 1111 on the clock the universe is saying you're on track good job like that's my little signal when i see 11 at 12 i'm like oh something's off and i have to figure out what it is right so i'm just one digit off from that magic number so she starts advertising she's going to do this membership and at this point, I was meditating so much in my life, like, any moment, every spare moment, every single day, I was probably meditating three or four times a day, and I was getting kind of tired about of the, the same meditations that I was doing, and I just put this wish out, like, can you direct me to some good ones, like, I need more variety, or I'm ready for the next level, attributes me to saying, like, I was putting out so much energy that I needed all these meditations that it helped her make the membership. And then I was the first person to actually join because I was like,
0: there, 11 I signed up, <laughs> take my money. Were, can you explain, were you like a first client or a first something? And she
1: started advertising this membership that was going to go start on eleven eleven, 11 And it was just obvious that I had to join it. And she, I uh, guess, apparently she didn't have any additional members for another month or two, which I had no idea. I just assumed, you know, a bunch of people were like me and jumped right on that membership on eleven eleven and signed up. But she told, she didn't even tell me the story when I did the first hypnosis session with her. I think it was like a year later, she tells me this story. So it was ni- it was nice to hear that. Um, you know, I needed more
0: hypnosis and she provided it for me. Yes. So that membership that she was offering, just to clarify for the listeners, yeah, is a membership in which once a month, right, yeah. the people who are members, they come together and have a group Zoom meeting in which there's a group hypnosis done that Courtney facilitates, right? Yeah. And then if you have to miss it, there's always a recording that's available for the members to access later to go through on their own. Some of the membership sessions have like certain themes, right? Right. She'll have a theme ahead of in, in mind beforehand. Oh, so like in February, let's explore love and abundance or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I haven't joined. um, I'm going to say yet. I haven't joined yet but it's one of those cool things to know that it's available cuz i know it's helped a lot of people like yourself so
1: yeah i, I love it cuz it's only one a month once a month but then i've been a member since the beginning so i have almost 18 or more meditations I can always go back and use when I'm looking for something. So even if it's a weekend where her membership isn't going and I have some time, I'll go back and say, Oh, I really, really, I really love that one um, and listen to it again. Or I use those when I'm ready. For My, even
0: up. newbies, new yeah. members, they still have access to that entire yeah. library from day one to yeah. uh, the current moment. And so she will have certain ones that she'll recommend you to go back because she's gotten just overwhelming positive feedback on certain sessions that she can recommend to you if you're wanting to go back into the library and access ones from the past. So yeah, it's a lot of cool stuff there. Now she also offers a uh, soul channeling membership. Have you been a featured, what do you call that? Channeler? Yes.
1: Yeah, it's a soul channeling book club, and she does chapters of her book. She calls them every month, and she used to have a friend of hers um, channel with her, and then the friend had to go off on her um, a new career path and didn't have time, so this, she said the two souls actually had the idea of coming up with guest channelers every month, and I was uh, asked to be one of those, so I was in... Did February so that should be coming out soon the chapters that I was in
0: cool and so for you who have channeled your soul before I can see how that would be maybe a really easy thing for you what but for someone like me who has never I've, I mean I've channeled wisdom I guess you can use the word channel in that way through the Akashic records I'll read my own um I'll do a reading of my own records, I'll ask the universe, I'll ask, you know, God a question, I write it down, and then I'll start writing word by word what starts coming through as the answer. But I don't have anything to compare that to, uh, how that would feel compared to actually channeling a different, well, it's still your soul, but it's a different... um, I don't know what I'm trying to Well, say. so I actually, I took a class in
1: uh, the Akashic Records, like cha- channeling that information. And to be fair, I didn't actually practice it. I got busy. But I would imagine that it feels similar. So to me, um, I would probably feel like around in my third eye where the Akashic Records, whereas slow channeling, since you're actually using your voice instead of writing, make sure you have like a very clear throat chakra. Like I always breathe in through my crown, open up the space, um, for my crown into my heart. And then I just, I just feel like a coolness coming down through there when I'm channeling. And I asked my soul, actually, can you send me a sign that this is you and not like my persona talking? And that coolness is one of the things that I get. I also get right before I get like a shiver that like, okay, she's coming in. Um, and then I just I just relax myself out of the picture and I feel my voice talking. And I don't even know what I'm saying sometimes. So I go back and re-listen. And I'm like, oh, well, that was a pretty smart thing to say. I'm glad I said it. <laughs> but it wasn't really me. And so it's just a, like a cool energy that I can feel coming through my throat. But it's just like with the Akashic Records, you would just you know, set the intention that you want your soul to come in and borrow your vocal cords and clear the channel for them to do that and then just practice it. And the more I practice, the better I feel about it and the stronger I feel it coming in. And and I practiced a lot leading up to being Courtney's guest because I was really nervous. I'm like, what if I can't do it on that day? But then of course I trust Courtney. She makes everything easy and cool and breezy and like, it's just going to work out. I know because also I trust the universe so much more now. Like every day I trust it more and more, even though I feel like I trust it a lot. (laughs) It just, it worked out great. I actually got interrupted three times during the channeling, the second channeling. My husband came in because he was on his lunch break. I had to leave my room. I took my computer. I'm still channeling. Courtney's eyes are closed. She didn't even know this was happening. And I had to go out to my lanai and sit outside hoping my battery of my computer wouldn't die for the last bit of it. And it still worked out. My soul's still talking to her. She's totally oblivious. When the session was over, she woke up and she's like, did you move? Like, I didn't even know <laughs> that. And I knew that the universe had put those disruptions in to show me that you can still do all of this. All those fears are your own limitations that you're putting on yourself. And uh, so it was really great that <laughs> those interruptions had happened. Whereas like a year ago, if that had happened to me, I would have been petrified and thought it, <laughs> it totally ruined the session, but it actually enhanced it because I was, was taught a really great lesson.
0: And Becky, pardon my ignorance, but what is a lanai? What's a lanai? Oh. <laughs> it's
1: um, a patio. It's the I live in Hawaii, so uh, Hawaiians call their patios lanai's or porches.
0: Lanai and definitely sounds like it has a bit of pizzazz. I <laughs> like. It's
1: tropical. It's a tropical Lanai. It's a tropical porch because porches is definitely not as fancy sounding as Lanai.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you had supported Courtney. She was uh, telling everyone she knew in her soul empowering hypnosis group about your program that you are putting out there, the Create 30 journey. And I did not think I was going to be signing up. I didn't feel this pull towards it yet. But at the same time, I have been dealing with attitudes towards money and letting that just flow as energy towards desires or where opportunities blossom and open up as opposed to acting from this scarcity mindset. Free, I'm all in, but if it costs anything, it could, it's probably so worth it. But at the same time, I'm like, find myself mentally going through a list of other things that in the 3D reality that I should, in these air quotes, you know, should be spending my my money on. So I didn't think I was signing up for it, but lo and behold, I found myself. (laughs) I knew it was like the day of, and I was like, oh my gosh, I I missed it because it's a, it starts in the morning, I guess is when the meditations are intended to be done every morning. And so I'm like, oh, this was launch day. I should have signed up for this morning, but I went ahead I was at work. Let me go ahead and just check it out. Went to the registration page and there was a countdown that showed like an hour and 11 Um. minutes or something like that left. It just felt right in that moment. I'm like, yes, register, (laughs) register me up. I want to be on Becky's team and Uh. I want to see what this Create 30 is all about. I'm not even sure at at this moment whether or not I had already. Uh, secured you as a guest on the podcast I don't think that was part of the angle because I knew you were already well I think we were already gonna do the um podcast okay so yeah I already knew that I had an in and I was gonna be talking to you but yeah I was like I'm gonna I want to be a part of this into this bracelet just to flesh that out and so I signed (laughs) up and going through the process you encourage the people to just grab some type of object that you can keep with you as a reminder of the intentions and the energy that you're creating. So what I had was a Tory Birch bracelet that I had been given. I think the motto is embrace ambition. It's the Mm -hmm. embrace ambition bracelet. And I loved that because as I had posted on my social media, that yes, I I feel empowered to embrace ambition because I want us to all go together. If I feel like if I'm reaching towards my dreams or passions or whatever it is that lights me up inside, then I'm bringing other people along with me for the ride. It's not ambition, meaning success in comparison to someone else.
1: Yeah, or at the stake of someone else. Like, if I have success, that other person can't have it. Right. You don't have to do that at all.
0: So I already had that intention on this bracelet, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to wear it more often and repurpose it in a way, and I'm going to put all of my Create 30 journey intentions, because the whole idea about Create 30 is that you put us in the creator space for our own lives you put us in the driver's seat for our own experience in this life so when i see this bracelet it's more about your ambition is fine but it's more about putting it in the connotation of creatorship i am the creator of my own experience i just liked that you put us in in that space where we are responsible for our own lives And another thing was when it came to the part of the Create 30 journey where you have to cultivate space for forgiveness and acceptance, having known a little bit, just a tiny bit about your story, prepared me to be like, okay, Becky is coming from the most genuine space. She's not coming from this a Pollyanna view of life where she's never been touched by disappointment or trauma or injustice. So I could feel the momentum behind your words, like it had brought you into a very different space where you were opening up and had really allowed Acceptance and forgiveness to blossom. So I think that leads kind of well into me asking you about maybe your awakening where you realized that you wanted something different. Sure. Yeah. My awakening
1: happened because I lost my house to foreclosure and I created this um, event in my life completely. But before that, I was um, I worked for a, a software company that did um, websites for nonprofits. So I thought, you know, I was playing the hero role. I was going to come in and help all these nonprofits make this money. And, you know, that would be how I would get through life feeling good about my life, right? Because I think that's what lots of us want. And um, I was never like thrilled. I made good money. I had respect. I had benefits. You know, I was able to buy a house on that salary, which I did with my husband and we fixed it up. Like literally every single aspect of the house was fixed up small little house. And then it comes around time where I get this letter from my, my mortgage company saying, Oh, we're gonna um, sell your mortgage to this other company and um, here's their information, and you should start paying them next month. I was like, okay, so I went out, and I got my deed of trust, and I looked at it, and in in one of the clauses says, you know, if there's a change in ownership, it has to be recorded at the county recording office, so that hadn't been done. Um, I went and checked my county record, and so I wrote a letter to that mortgage company. And while I was doing research, I found out they were actually going out of business, which is probably why they were selling off these assets. And I was freaked out. I was like, okay, they're going to go out of business. I'm not going to have this in the county record. I'm going to pay money to this new company. I've I've never heard of, I never signed papers with, I have no idea who they are. So I wrote these, I wrote letters to both companies. I said, can you please put proof either in the public record or, or show me the document where X company signed over document to X company. So at the end of 30 years, when I've spent all my life paying this mortgage, I would have proof that I paid it to the right people, right? That's really what I was looking for. And turns out I wrote letters to both companies and they both sent me back a photocopy of my deed of trust and the note that I had signed the original ones that I already had copies of sitting in my file. And I was like, why would they do that? Like, how is that proof that they exchanged one to the other? And I don't want to get into the, the whole mortgage business, but I kept fighting them. I was like, I need proof. I'm not going to spend my life paying basically a third of what i make every every month to you guys without knowing i'm paying the right person and when i'm done it's going to be paid off and i just felt like justice would prevail and at some point i would get this even though um the second company put in um you know started the foreclosure procedure i f- called lawyers i called a bunch of people nobody wanted to argue for my argument the lawyers were all like well we could buy you six more months or or we could figure out a payment plan i was like I just want proof I'm paying the right person. Like, can't, as a lawyer, can't you get that company to prove to me that you pay, that I'm supposed to pay them, like an official wet ink signed document. Nobody wanted to fight that argument with me. And so there's a lot of craziness going on with that industry. So I just kept fighting it because I knew I was right. Came to the point where there were police at my door and my kids are at my grand, their grandparents, thankfully. And the officers were really nice and polite, but they're like, you have to leave. And I'm going to give you 30 minutes to pack up stuff. And I spent 30 minutes as calmly and as coolly as I could packing up my kids' special blankets and important documents. And that was it. And the dog got in my car and never went back to my house again since then. And, you know, to this day, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened to, you know, where my mortgage is floating around as some mortgage backed security out there that, um, I don't even know that the second company ever had the right to, that was really hard. And I was basically homeless at that point. I had shocked the crap out of my parents. Sorry, I should not swear. Um, because you know, I was this type, a perfect kid person, they're, their perfect kid who had done everything right. I went to the right schools. I went, got the right job. I had a family. You know, I had the storybook wedding and all of a sudden now I'm homeless and they don't understand why I would bother fighting the banks. But I had to have that fight to like realize that there's so much more going on in the world than that day that I had carved out for myself. And I, I went through a phase where I was really angry. The system sucks. I'm such as a victim. I, I didn't deserve to lose my house. Nobody else would love this house as much as I would. I spent hours and hours while pregnant fixing this house up. I lived in it in the summer with no air conditioning because one of the walls was being completely rebuilt. I forced my husband to like get back injuries because he was remodeling the house for me. All of that seemed to be such a waste you know that we put basically invested in every spare penny to fixing this place up and it was a beautiful little house that I know nobody else in the world would love as much as I would have. So I was really angry and, and, and mad and I said I could continue my life being angry and mad. I have every right. I have every justification. I lost a lot. I also created the problem. You know, I could have just paid my mortgage to this new company and stayed in my little house and kept my little life going. I decided that I wasn't going to be miserable anymore after that. And I wasn't going to be a victim of the system and that I was going to find a way to figure out what all that meant and how I could actually truly be happy because, even with my perfect life, I didn't feel happy ever. I always felt, you know, a victim to this, to the, to the job. I had to wake up every morning and go to this job that I thought was doing good in the world, but I was mostly, you know, pushing paper <laughs> around. So, anyways, I decided to do this forgiveness exercise, which is, I'm gonna forgive the sheriff who came up to my house. I'm gonna forgive the, um, the bank. I'm going to forgive the lady who signed the paperwork who didn't even know in me at all. I'm going to forgive myself for losing. I lost, you know, these hand-me-down dolls that weren't worth money, worth money to anyone but me. Um, my kids love Legos and we had a huge collection. I'm going to forgive myself for losing that for them, you know, and I just went through everything and I said, you know, this is how, this is how I'm going to find my way through is if I don't forgive the whole situation and move on from there, I'm going to, it's going to weigh down on me the rest of my life. And I don't want that. Like I want to move on to life that is happy. So really forgiving myself and the others who created the situation was my way out of it, was my way of understanding it. You know, I learned later in that hypnosis session, the QHHT one that I was supposed to go down a a bigger path. I was supposed to go down the spiritual path. I wasn't on my spiritual path, and this was my way of creating that big disruption in my life and moving me down this other path. I would have never done it. I would have never moved to Hawaii. I would have never meditated every single day. I would have never had spiritual hypnosis. I would have never met Courtney. All these amazing, beautiful things that have happened to me since then that have made me truly happy required my life to just be like dumped upside down. And I would have never had the opportunity of knowing what it's like to be like truly at the bottom to me. I know there's worse things in the world that can happen to people, but to me, that was pretty darn bad. Like I felt like I'd failed everyone. You know, I failed my kids. I'd failed my husband. I could have just paid the money, you know, why didn't I? And my kids are so much happier now. My, my husband's happier. I'm happier. And we just had to go through that bump to to do it and I take full responsibility for creating that at this point even though it was hard and I also learned that I am creating my life so I don't need to create those situations anymore if I'm in tune with what the universe wants me to be doing they don't have to dump my life upside down for me to be on my path right I can just be like let me check in okay that sounds good I'll do that or I don't really want to do that is there an easier way and then the universe is like nope but it'll be worth it. Or they'll be like, all right, we'll make it an easier way. And then they make an easier way. It's that I feel like I have that kind of give and take because I have taken on my responsibility instead of creating randomly my life without really knowing that I really am in control of it. I was leaving that victimhood behind. So I appreciate that, (laughs) that my story actually adds to the value of it because I think forgiveness is really important and it comes both sides others and yourself you have to do both because if you don't forgive yourself then the forgiveness the forgiveness you're giving isn't as genuine and the forgiveness you're going to receive isn't as genuine because you're blocking it without letting it flow back and forth because everyone deserves it everyone even the person who signed the papers to take my house they they're caught up in the system too
0: I just find it so much easier to take advice or direction from someone that I know has been there or in a similar place of anger because otherwise it can be like oh sure you know it just sounds so easy and practice forgiveness practice acceptance well you don't know how difficult that is because you haven't been in my shoes and even though I have never been in that exact situation. I could tell from having heard your bit of the story, how impactful and painful at the time that it was for you. And I was like, so she's talking from a place of experience and not theoretical concepts. So I was able to trust you in that more fully. And Mm -hmm. it just allowed me to be in a more receptive place. To try it out so because if you were there and you found it helpful then that's real life that's real world application shoot why not give it a try yeah. and and try it out well is it helping <laughs> it is helping i um one of the interviews i had had with if listeners want to go back and hear the podcast episode with Kristen Adiska, we had gone over the whole concept of the Dharma triangle, the hero versus villain versus the person needing savior, that triangle. And so I had posted links to the, the visual, which I thought the visual was great, and how you can flip that drama triangle on its head and it can be, instead of a disempowerment, it can be an empowerment triangle of everyone's just in this loop whenever there's a victim and a hero and a villain. And yeah, so Kristen and I had gone into that conversation and in there I had talked about how... I had already kind of faced that when I did a session with a shaman in training, and she was taking me back to when I first felt disempowered, like I didn't have a home where I was unprotected. And so I went back to that place. We kept going younger and younger and younger. And so until I was able to pinpoint a time in my childhood. So in that session, I had walked away feeling... I didn't know how I felt. I just felt at a loss, like my whole sense of direction had been cut loose because I had been so identified with the victim role this whole time that in this 30-minute, 45-minute session everything was completely cleared out and all of a sudden I was responsible for all this heartache and the things that happened to me and it was very you know healing can be traumatic so Mm -hmm. I felt in a way that that healing was very traumatic because I didn't know what to do with that I created that for myself you At such a young age and just coming to grips with and owning responsibility for life since then, Mm -hmm. having uh, put myself as the victim and all the situations since then where it's been played out in different scenarios, you know, people will change, the setting will change, but still it's, there's a villain there's a victim, and you're always looking for that hero. And yeah. then, like, the best movies show you that you are the superhero, right? Like, right. it's the, the person who is made fun of, the wimpy kid, the, the nerd, the whatever. They find within themselves something happens. They are the superhero. And I've, I love that your program puts you into the driver's seat. Um, so I feel like it, even though it wasn't new information, I did really love it being brought to my awareness again and hearing it from a different, uh, you know, a, a different person. Yeah.
1: So I, I, um, I hope that people can get outside of that victim villain, hero, because I feel like each of those roles have stress in them, like the hero needs to have a victim, otherwise they, they, they don't feel like they have their purpose in being able to rescue someone, so then the victim, obviously nobody wants to be the victim, and then if there's going to be a victim, someone also has to play the role of the victimizer, the, the bad guy, and nobody really wants to play that, right, hopefully. We get so caught up in needing those roles, and each of the other role needs the other role for the other role to exist. And I'm hoping that people can come out and be creators of not that drama, you know, just be creators of abundance, be creators of happiness, and bring, like you said earlier in the program, bring people along with them. We can all have all these wonderful things without having to have someone suffer. Not someone doesn't have to be the victim. We can all be the heroes if we want to be that. Um, we just don't have anyone to rescue because we're just we're just all responsible for rescuing ourselves. Let's put it that way. I want to create the world that I want to live in, and the world I want to live in is everyone is responsible for creating awesomeness. You know, without having to have victims and without needing to be a hero to do it. And so, I mean, that's why I'm putting the program out in the world is to hopefully get more people with the mindset that we can be creating outside of that drama where we have to have heroes and victims and bad guys.
0: I'm in that place where I'm trying to bridge that where I am to where I want to be and just figuring out the how, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, what is really interesting is my session with Courtney was about last year, this time. And I was actually told by the universe, cause I was asking that same question. I was starting to feel like my healing was like the forgiveness had co- gone out and come back to me. The acceptance had gone out. So I was feeling like, oh, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. And the universe is like, no, you need to chill out or like another year. They actually said, and it's about a year now. And they're like, you need to play with your kids. You need to go out in the sunshine and just relax. You've never spent a year just relaxing and you need to meditate a lot and it'll just start happening. It'll just start happening. And that's, you know, I like, I'm going to say Courtney created another thing for me that I was asking for, and that's connection with other spiritually minded people. Cause it's like, I'm ready now to stop hiding in my little healing box and come out and be a part of the world again. But with the new kind of people that I want to surround myself with. And that's when I, you know, SDH came right at that time too. And, And I started meeting all these wonderful people and seeing that there are other people that actually agree with this new kind of mindset that I've been working on for the last two years and that we can all help each other and that we can all create beautiful realities and that there's abundance all around us. And the universe might want you to be in kind of a holding pattern and just kind of soak up. Before they launch you into the next thing, because now I I was even told you're going to then once after this year of relaxation, your life is going to accelerate and you're going to be really glad that you spent that year kind of just basking in just where you were then. Mm -hmm. And I already am glad because my kids are now they're hitting the like little kid era and going into like the older kid and you know they're uh, they're leaving the phase where they want to just super snuggle and i'm like i'm so glad i spent that year where i just like snuggled with them and i played with them and i sat on the floor and i didn't worry about what i had to when i had to get dinner or whatever else i had to do i really invested in playing with them and i feel like that's going to pay me dividends with my relationships with them in the future that i i did take that time and thank you universe for just giving me the heads up and actually giving me the permission like I don't know why, but sometimes we just need to be given the permission of just chill and enjoy what, where we are. And I see my kids now getting more f- friendships and being distracted and not having all that time to be with me. And that's a good thing because then I can work on my own projects, but it also makes me a little sad. So I think there are really times where we go up and down where we're supposed to be really productive and then we're supposed to really chill out and then Go back to a productive time when we're ready. We don't need to know where that bridge is taking you just yet. It's there, though.
0: Tell us when you found yourself homeless. Yeah. How did you go from there to living in Hawaii? Oh, well,
1: so um, I had really confused parents, like didn't understand my story at all. And I kind of kept it from them because I didn't think they would understand. Lawyers weren't understanding me my dad actually sat me down and could see I was in misery at this point. And he knew I was a perfectionist and I didn't like to be looked at (laughs) as being like a failure. And my dad was like, well, you know, we have our townhouse in Tucson, um, Arizona, and we want to put it on the market, but it's not on the market yet. So why don't you go there and just spend some time? And figure it out so i had that awesome resource and I had really wonderful parents <laughs> they, they didn't want to be around me in that mood which was smart of them that they're like sending me a kind of like you know go to the mountaintop and figure your stuff out and come back and we'll support you my husband and i took our family and our one carload of stuff to tucson and, um, we had a tiny, tiny bit of money. I meditated so much for that whole month. And then we would go up the mountains and hike and my, we had some family friends and, you know, we just sat there and kind of tried to figure out what we were going to do. My husband's parents have a house in Hawaii and they said, you know, you guys can stay there, but we have renters coming in and, um, you know, in the beginning of the year and this was like October, and I was like, could we figure out our whole life in the two-month span that we have this free place to live? Like, can we get a job? All the things you need to just survive, or we can stay in Tucson and have a little bit more time to figure stuff out, but I was, like, Tucson's beautiful. There's beautiful mountains there, but I have a choice now, like Hawaii or Tucson, and I'm already at the bottom. It's like, I can't get any worse, so where where would, if I was going to have this perfect world, where would I rather be? I was like, Hawaii. And everyone's like, it's expensive there. The cost of living there. So I'm like, I lived in California. The cost of living is it's going to be rough. No matter what, I have no job. So I either get a job or not. And so we just picked Hawaii and we had this timeline and we packed up, you know, we had to borrow some money, got our car shipped, had suitcases worth of stuff we took on the plane with us A little bit of stuff that I had actually stored at my parents' house that we shipped over on like a pallet. So that was it. And we stayed at my in-laws' house for two months and we just, uh, I was going to become a teacher. I figured I could do that. I'd always had an interest in that and Hawaii has a lot of turnover. And so I started taking the test to be able to do that. And my husband just put together his resume and was handing it out everywhere. Then I did my QHHT session, and I, that was, of course, the first question I had to ask like, what's going to happen? It, am I going to have to fly back home from Hawaii having not secured a life here? And um, there's like, nope, your house is coming and you guys will be fine. I'm like, can you give me some more details? And they're like, no, we're not going to. And I was like, how am I going to get a house? I have a horrible credit score. I have a foreclosure on my credit score. I have no money, um, and the rental you know, it was really strict here. So um, for what we could afford were five people, they usually like limited to four. There's lots of strict rental rules here. Um, Plus the bad credits where I was like, I don't know how that's going to happen. Like this QHHT stuff just felt right, but Four days later, my husband gets a call. One of the resumes that he had turned in was to um, a management company that works for these big hotel properties, well, big condo community properties, and they offered him a resident manager job that came with a house. So um, no credit score needed to get a house in a condo right across the street from an awesome beach in Hawaii. And um, he manages all the contracts, construction, the crews that come in and clean, and do the landscaping and stuff. And it's been an opportunity for me. I used to be the breadwinner mostly to have the more time to work on my spiritual journey and worked out perfectly. So it wasn't, I didn't even know there was a job called resident manager until he got the call that day. And he wasn't particularly applying for that job. He was just, here's my resume, handing them out to construction companies and whatnot. So it worked out. And now I've been able to improve my credit score. So when I'm ready to move out, we can hopefully.
0: How did the QHHT come into your awareness? Was that just a flyer or word of mouth? I don't know. I mean, I was doing searches like
1: on the internet, starting when I was in Tucson, just saying meaning of life. What is the meaning of life? Like, Why are we here? what is the point? Like those are the kind of, I was just searching the internet before I really knew to just, why don't you just ask the universe directly before I learned that? Uh, I was just asking Google to give me the answers and I was just digging. And I, I found if you go to like the third page in Google, instead of whatever they put at the top, you get better information. So I just kept digging and I came across Dolores Cannon and it just resonated with me. So I read everything I could get my hands on that didn't cost money because it was in my lack phase of life then. It seemed right. Like, it seemed like this is where the answers would be. Those answers like, what is the meaning of life? What, why are we here? Like, why do we come and put us, ourselves through these dramas that are so painful? Why do we create a system that's so unfair? Where are so many victims I just, it didn't make sense to me. It was so painful. I mean, I'm flying into Hawaii with these beautiful estates, these people who visit them once a year. And I'm people like, oh, you're going to Hawaii. It wasn't a vacation to me. It was two months of like, how am I going to figure this life out? Trying not to be mad that I'm homeless, basically like on borrowed time. I wasn't doing tourist stuff. I was stressing about how we're going to pay bills after two months of being there and hoping not to like, have another failure on my belt and go back being homeless somewhere else and not as nice weather, I guess. So yeah, I just, when I saw Dolores Cannon's work, I just felt like there ha there has to be so much more than what we get in our day-to-day lives. And that's where these answers are going to come from. And so I was drawn to that. And even when we were on borrowed money on a borrowed place to live, I scraped together. Um, my husband's getting random handyman jobs, the the money to do this QHHT session with this girl. And yeah, and it was the best $300 I spent because it just opened up a lot. It answered a lot of those questions, at least for me, even for those three days going, I'm going to get a house. I'm going to get a house. Like, how's that going to happen? And then having it appear to me in three or four days where I had said all these things in my way. Like, I don't have a credit score. We don't have the money. Like we don't have a job. We didn't have a, my husband was working handyman jobs, but not enough to prove income, you know, to even get a place Mm -hmm. to live. I had all these blocks and I was like, but the universe can make miracles. And to me, like some people could doubt it. So it wasn't a miracle because there are those jobs that come with houses. And, but he got it like four days after I had the session and we hadn't applied to that job specifically. He just, was throwing like, you know those people who hand out papers on the street. <laughs> he was like, "Take my resume." So after that session, I was just mind blown. I listened to it a hundred times, and I, you know, like I said, after that, I took the training, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get enough because I wanted those real answers, like why do we get into these victim triangles? And then you can go back, I can go back to even, you know, my childhood, I had things that were traumatic. And uh, even though I had really great parents, I was bullied pretty severely. My I moved a lot in school. And if you look at it as if you created those experiences for yourself from that lens, you find value from them. And I, and I was like, oh, it put me on this track. And it allowed me to When I come across people who've had those experiences to empathize with them, it allowed me to be open-minded about these things. So I could go back through my childhood traumas and apply the fact that I created them and extract the lesson from it. I mean, at the time too, I was feeling guilt about my three kids. They were motivating me to like become better, but I was also feeling so guilty. I created these three little helpless people to be homeless, but QHHT helped me to see like, they're probably more magical and more spiritual, higher level beings than I could even be. I don't know. And they chose me to be their mom and they chose to have this experience. And in a later session, like uh, they, they chose to come watch someone have this great awakening, which would empower their awakening to other things later in their life. And, and that to me makes sense. Like if we take ourselves out of the victim role and really see that we, we created it from before we even were created, it makes sense. Like those questions, like why did we do this to ourselves? And those, that's the only place where I've been able to find that answer.
0: So you have that life altering QHHT session yeah. You love it so much. You go get the training. At what point did you decide to take what has happened to you up to this point, the tools that you've accumulated, and decide to put it out there into the universe as the Create 30 journey?
1: So I'd say two things. So um, taking that first uh, Soul empowerment Hypnosis with Courtney, where I, I saw... oh my gosh, I can actually do this. Like, and people will benefit from this knowledge that I have. And the fact that I am trusting the universe, that things will work out and the sessions will work out. That confidence I gained. And then those eight sessions, I learned so much. I was a practitioner, but I learned so much. I felt like the universe in every session was telling me something and they were preparing me to, to feel the confidence that yes, you've learned a lot. Your lesson is valuable. Other people could gain from it don't hide it anymore. And and then that time shift jump that I had at my birthday where I was, I was thinking about doing this with my husband and having that conversation and got in an argument. And I was like, I really feel compelled that all the signs are that I need to do this. And if I don't have his support, it's not going to work. And then waking up the next morning and feeling like it's working. And then December holiday comes around. He's giving me every minute. He takes the kids every minute to write the course out. It just those two things together was like I have to. The universe is lining up everything for me to do this, um, and the timeline switched so that I've had 100% of his support since that that time, and the confidence from you know knowing that I can actually help people from what I've learned through this journey. And that's part of the reason I had to go through the journey is so that I could do that. And that's what even makes it the struggle worth it. Like I learned that too. You have street cred now, Becky. I know. I'm still getting, I'm, yeah, I'm still getting benefits from that trauma I created for myself. So I guess that's why we create it. I mean, we create it to learn these lessons and, and the lessons you can keep, you can keep learning new lessons from that old, thing if you just let it evolve.
0: So even though there was a l- specific launch date that I ended up getting yeah. on the bandwagon and right <laughs> time with an now, hour to spare, I,
1: I have to explain that to you because I put that date there to be my, that was like my grand intention, right? So I was putting it out in the universe that with even, cause I homeschool my kids too. So I had these two weeks of, of, um, Christmas vacation that they were, um, on where I got most of it done, but I hadn't had it all done. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to put a date and I picked a date. I liked the numbers wise. And that was really like, universe helped me out. It wasn't really like, it wasn't intended to be like an official launch date. You can start create 30 any day that you want, but it was my way of like, that's, that's the line where I need to be done, or at least need to be able to allow people to start it, and I can have the last week still, you know, I could still be working that out, which I was, and then you signed up, and we're all ready to go, and I was like, I gotta get that last two weeks done, like, perfected out, so you were the good motivator to, to um, help me get the last bit just like finalized and I had to excuse my husband there's someone in the class like I still need some time you still gotta help me out on weekends like let me do my recording so um it was good but well
0: that explains why <laughs> like I didn't even know I was gonna be signing up and then I, I was I was signed up <laughs> but
1: I guess the universe wanted you to because uh they that was, the clock wasn't just for me to get uh, done, it was to motivate you to join it, and um, so you're the first one, you're ahead. Um, There's a couple other people who started last weekend, or this weekend, on Saturday, and you're the first one who will finish, you'll finish first, even though you were the third to sign up, so Um, people picked different start dates and um, I haven't even promoted it other than Courtney promoting it for me because I was afraid to before I got it done and I still have a few little things to tinker with Um, there's some noise in some of the meditations that I want to fix but um, yeah and then I'm gonna let the world know about it this is actually the start, like talking to you. Exactly,
0: <laughs> yes, and I'm excited to play whatever part. Well, thank of you, Ian thank you for the that.
1: motivation, <laughs> and thank you for for appreciating my chime clock, which was really my countdown to myself. I'd look at it and go, ooh.
0: Yeah, that, the countdown, I think it was that extra little oomph that I needed, because I thought I was, I, I wanted to be a part of the energy at the launch, you know, I wanted to be part of that first,
1: that first
0: day, whatever. And then I thought I had possibly missed out. And then I saw that I had an hour left. (laughs) Well, you were definitely
1: part of the energy of the launch because at least motivating me. So I appreciate that. And I will, will always have a little special place in my heart for being there at the beginning.
0: And we, so we can uh, explain maybe a little bit more about what people can expect whenever they sign up, but you have just explained, they can sign up at any time. We already talked about how once a week at the beginning of the week, allow for a little longer meditation, 40 minutes to an hour, right? Once a week. But then after that, the rest of the week, it's a quick, really setting the intention for that day and we get to see your smiling face. And I love that. We went. we got to the, uh, the, I think it was the creating love week this past week, and you were wearing your favorite sweater. <laughs> and you mentioned that in the video, you know, you live in Hawaii and there really aren't that many opportunities, those many opportunities to wear a sweater in Hawaii. Yes. But that just because you love it that much and you were, you were encouraging us to create love you were going to wear that sweater, darn it. And yep. just hopefully that message and that energy, that feeling would bleed out onto us, um, that we would feel that. And so it had just crossed my mind. I wonder if Becky's going to wear this sweater for our <laughs> interview today. <laughs> yes. I had to wear it. <laughs> She's wearing the sweater.
1: I am. <laughs> and I'm wearing my my focus item, too. Mm. So I, I, ha, I had to. It's got to send you my love energy.
0: <laughs> I love it. I know I put a call out for if anyone knows during this week of acceptance and forgiveness, if anyone yeah. knows of essential oils that might facilitate that or special songs that really so what do you think no one knows exactly what tomorrow holds things can change but what do you see for yourself next what's up for for Becky well I probably am going to spend
1: the most most of my free time when I'm not homeschooling my kids which I've sort of neglected the last two months uh we're gonna have to do some summer school i think to make up for it but i'm also hoping since everyone's homeschooling we've all sort of had a little off year i'm probably going to be spending my time you know just
0: getting the word out about create 30 and oh becky before i forget um part where i was going into us talking a little bit more about the create 30 program we are I just went over what we had already talked about, but what I meant to say is that in addition to what we had already covered, there is a create 30, a community on Facebook, right? That someone has access to. So I thought that the program was really cool and that it's consistent. It's every day for 30 days. Plus you get this community for ongoing support where we can bounce off. Ideas off of each other, so whenever you get to a certain day, can facilitate that healing process of acceptance and forgiveness. To let me know, so I think that's a cool feature of it too. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so I mean, Crate Thirty was is supposed to be a
1: culmination of everything I wanted from the universe for healing. So that's why we start out with forgiveness, because that was the first step I took in forgiving the world forgiving myself just letting those things go through forgiveness going on to accepting that you know i had a part in creating all of this you know and i have a part in creating my life in the future i have i am creating my life in the future so that the weeks have themes and they build on each other so we got to get through that healing and the clearing and acceptance and then we our brain physically makes patterns in our in the physicality of our brain And they kind of stay there. And that's why we have habits, right? Because the brain wants to go through that easy path that's already been laid. We're trying to change that. And so I found this in meditation, love can heal those channels. And so it allows you to create new channels. So we spend the second week kind of basking in love energy to kind of heal that. And then we move on to fun stuff like abundance, because abundance can mean so many things. It's not just financial, it's just feeling happy about life and feeling there's a purpose to me. That is that's been my abundance and knowing that the universe will provide for you when you ask for it too. And, and then also then moving into our true creative power is the final week. And while it's set up in 30 days, I wanted that so people can kind of get all the juice and not take the two and a half years I took. You can, if you, if your schedule requires it, you know, do a day a week. And that'll be beneficial. You could um, do, you know, just do it on the weekends if that's works for you. And then I hope people find it valuable enough that there's a lull or you forget you like, Oh, I'm, I lost my creative power. I lost that mindset that you can pop in and be like, I'm going to do this week over in the future. Cause it's really helpful. I hope that it's that useful to people that you can use it to check in, but the intentions are really general. Like just today we're going to create love today. We're going to create forgiveness. And the idea is like once you have spent so much time in this in the process, the pattern, like get up in the morning, set an intention, visualize it, energize it, live it that day, that you can do that with your own intentions um, in the future because you've, you've learned kind of the, the technique or you can adjust my technique into a technique that works better for you but that my life has been dramatically improved by every morning, at least trying to spend five minutes before I get into the chaos of the day, just saying, how's this day going to go? How do I want it to go? Where am I going to set my energy? And that's why you asked me about my future is that, you know, I want to build more courses and maybe offer hypnosis sessions one-on-one. You know, I want to make I was hesitant about it, but I definitely want to stay in this space and have it be my future thing, wherever it might take me and, and just keep listening to, to the universe telling me you're doing great. Go this way because I can help myself continue to heal because I'm still doing that. I had a great session last Saturday in SEH and, um, you know, heal a little bit of my childhood stuff and I can help others heal too. And, and that's creating the world that I want to live in, where we're all helping each other be the best versions of ourselves and get out of that victim, hero, villain drama. Kind of bask in fun, and joy.
0: I liked that you mentioned that there are techniques because um, I had wanted to point that out. Because not only do you just say, "Oh, let's let's create love, let's create forgiveness." You actually provide steps like how that sounds all great, but how do you do that? And so you actually have techniques that you walk the person through as to what you have found helpful in actually creating forgiveness, creating love. So it's very specific. It's not just a generalized fluff, not just fluff. Yeah, you're getting Becky's how-to steps that she's tested that have been proven helpful for her. So I love the the details and the technique that you that you bring up. So do you think with the QHHT you're not having practiced that a lot? Is that something that you're wanting to delve into a little bit further and offer that more often? So
1: here's how I see it. I think create 30 is is like you know a boot camp kind of get you started get you used to like the idea of like this should be an everyday thing like when you wake up in the morning you set your energy for the day it helps so much but then there's there's things that like you know you brush your teeth every day you got to do that but you got to when you go to the dentist you really get that deep cleaning you really make your health better that's what I see like a QHHT one-on-one session where you can really dive in with someone who can, who's skilled at like asking the questions and trusting the universe and kind of digging for you. Um, being the keeper of the list, we talked about this, um, in SEH, I feel like something like create 30 could really be supplemented or going through create 30 will help you have a better QHHT or, here, spiritual hypnosis session, because you're used to talking to the universe. You're used to setting intentions. You're used to taking ownership of your creative powers. So when you go into your session, it'll just be more powerful. So I think that those two things really complement each other. I designed it that way. You know, I think adding something like this, the spiritual hypnosis membership is also, I'm going to plug Courtney again, you know, she's like, Not like a checkup but like a regular monthly like a deeper dive kind of thing where you're like i um i'm not trying to just deal with my day-to-day like not being depressed i'm trying to deal like with questions like what am i going to do next like where's my next thing or i have a big issue that's coming up in my life why am i creating that issue i feel like monthly or sessions are really good at kind of handling those things and create 30 is really about keeping just like getting in the habit of keeping this going throughout your life, whether you do the exact things in my program or you take the techniques and make them your own and incorporate it into your day. So I feel like yeah, if I offered hypnosis, it would be kind of part of it. Like do create 30 and then, you know, you'll get a, we'll do a session before or after maybe to see the difference. I don't know. I'm still working that out. I just got to get one thing going at a time.
0: Right. And then you are staying busy because not only do I see you in the soul empowering hypnosis and I see your face in the Create yep. 30 videos, but I'm also seeing I'm talking with you once a week during the Be Your Own Numerologist yes. Zoom call because one of our classmates, colleagues in the hypnosis workshop is Michelle. I've interviewed her on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. So we are diving into that, I think we are, she stays on Monday that we're recording this. So I think she has just opened up the second week mm-hmm. worth of modules for us to dig into. So uh, yeah, again, yeah, you stay busy. I'm seeing you <laughs> all over this small universe of mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, what brought you to the Be Your Own Numerologist course and what made you sign up and have you had any aha moments quite yet or not? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love these questions. So Michelle was in the
1: SEH August workshop, the first one that Courtney did where I was almost <laughs> going to drop out. I was so nervous. She was the second person that I was practitioner on. And I feel like she and I have been going through the same course development energy path. We were both like our eyes were open and our confidence was boosted by that class in August. I saw her, she's really quiet and barely talking class. And then by the end of it, she's like yapping it up. She and I both started building our classes together. So we were kind of like Courtney baby bird pushed us out of the nest and we both were on the same flying path. We were, we we're in the same um, birthing pod, I would say, through Courtney's little thing. And she's actually- Can I interrupt gonna-
0: you? I'm, uh, yeah. I'm- I'm realizing you and Michelle both live in Hawaii. Do you, are y'all neighbors? Like how close do you live? Are you able (laughs) to actually hang out?
1: She's in a a different island. So she's on Oahu, I'm on Big Island. So we're a flight away, which is tricky with COVID since you still have to get tests to just travel island. So it's not that handy, but the time zone is handy because it is kind of a challenge with such a different time zone. So it's been nice. And she and I are working together to help each other figure out how to do Instagram and get the word out about our programs. But I have to say my inspiring moment. So of course I had to be in her class. I love numbers. You know, I already told my eleven eleven story and my obsession with palindromes. So she did my numbers because in one of the classes I offered to be practitioner, when I had signed up to be client, that was the second time I went around and she's like, well, I'll get, I'll run your numbers for you since you're being so nice. I'm like, okay, I don't need that. But she did my numbers and I was, blown away like my numbers basically predicted that I was going to move to Hawaii and now she knew I was in Hawaii but my numbers had spelled out 808 in a bunch of different ways and that's the area code of Hawaii and "And it's a palindrome so (laughs) I was like 808 a palindrome in my numbers, I was supposed to be Hawaii. All this is amazing. Plus there's a bunch of other things that she told me um, about my numbers. It just rang true. And so I was blown away by that. And then of course, so she says she's going to build a class where you could do this yourself because I, I want to know about my kids and my husband and my mom. Yeah. I'm going to do numbers on everything. So when she said that, I was like, of course I'm going to sign up. I was really inspired actually by the eight, the way she was describing the eight. Now oh, it's looped back in, and it's also the symbol for infinity. And I had written a different script for manifesting magic, which is one of the longer. It's actually not very long. Um, weekend meditations, and I used the eight because of her inspiration as the manifesting visualization. So you go in and you take your intention that you want to manifest, and you visualize this eight because that it's such a good symbol for. Reason why the law of attraction works is because we're all one at the deepest level, right? And that's what the infinity symbol stands for, right? We're all connected, and all it all comes back to us at some point—karma, law of attraction, all of that. And so, she inspired me to change my script, and I put the eight in as the visualization for uh, my manifesting magic script. I started off um, in my corporate life. I was going by Rebecca Nevin. My real name is Rebecca Lee, all one word. And um, since Soul Empowering Hypnosis, i switched back to Becky, which is the childhood name that I had, which to me was like more fun, more like joyful, more, you know, spontaneous, playful. I
0: have and an aunt, so, Becky. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so whenever my mom would write out cards, uh, she would always put Rebecca, you know, on the name of the card. And my aunt would always know who the card was from because my mom was the only one that would say Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. So it feels I feel, uh, you know. Yeah, it feels- it's a
1: playful name, and and I I was like I, I picked I went to Rebecca because I thought I'd be more serious in the corporate world, and I don't want to be that person anymore. So um, even though Michelle didn't run my she ran it on my like official birth certificate name, the one the energy that I want to put out for sure is the Becky.
0: So Becky, how can people find out more about you and follow what you're making in your own sandbox? Oh, I have a website, create30journey.com
1: and I'm on Instagram at create30journey.
0: I love how in the Lifestylist podcast, Luke's story ends his pods asking his guests this question. So I'm including it in mine. Who have been three teachers or teachings in your life that you might share with our audience that they could go research and also learn from?
1: Well, so the first I would have to say definitely Dolores Cannon. If you're listening to this, probably you've done a decent amount of research. But everything she's done, I found to be really, really useful and helpful to me in my journey. That's number one number two it's a book called the quantum oh i cannot remember the name the quantum society and then it's called the quantum individual um okay maybe i can tell you the author's name later but they're books um and it was i read them in early college and it was really where i first the lightning hit that we really are the creators of our own reality. And I wanna put this maybe in a promotional um, presentation I do for Create30 or I might add it to Create30. But there is science in quantum mechanics that there's a, a thought experiment that a scientist did where he said, if you put a cat a cat in a box and you put a device in there that has a 50% chance of going off, right? And killing the cat, what is gonna happen? right? So in probability, you say 55% chance the cat will die, right? But the moment before you open the lid of the box to see the result, the cat is both alive and dead simultaneously. And there are actually particles within inside all our cells called quarks. They're smaller than electrons, smaller than neutrons that you learn about in science. And they have the same characteristic that depending on how you set up the experiment to read these quarks, they read as wavelengths, right? So they read as like a wavelength you can think of as like a communal thing, right? We're part of something because we go up and down or they read as particles. If you set up the experiment to read them as particles, they show us just like a single dot. So that like how we experience ourselves as an individual, even though we're all connected and these particles have both these characteristics simultaneously. And this is what causes people to head to explode in quantum physics is how can you be something simultaneously? How can source be everything and nothing? How can it be evil and goodness? So, but it's built in to like the smallest particles that make up everything. And to me, that is just an amazing, that, that is the proof that we are the creators of our reality because if we decide that we are the wavelength, we're the wavelength. If we decide we're the particle, we're the particle but in essence we're both. And these books explain that so um, beautifully, the quantum individual and the quantum society. And it shows that if we built our society understanding this, understanding our need to be individuals, but also understanding our desire to fit in as the oneness, we could be more harmonious. And I, you know, I started that thought process when I read those books and they're really, really good. Um, I think they were written in the 80s. I just really love the colorful picture that the author provides in showing the two experiences, the singular and the wavelength. So third, Zingdad.com. Arlington, he is one of the spiritual teachers outside of Courtney, who has had a profound impact. And he actually has a 30-day program that was really, was, where I got a lot of the inspiration for Create 30, Um, but he writes a book called Ascension Papers and it's for free on his website. And it's amazing. It kind of explains um, how the densities work. We're in third dimension right now and how we interplay with fourth and how many of us that are on the spiritual journey, the goal is to raise densities, raise your vibration, As you raise densities, your creative powers, your powers to create realities become more powerful, so the law of attraction works faster for you, so that's one of the reasons we work through love and healing, so that we can raise our densities, and his books really were life-changing. They just resonated so much with me, the Ascension Papers, and he has a bunch of other great writings. He talks a lot about creating your own realities, really um, influential outside of Flores' canon and Courtney. I should have put Courtney. Can I have four? (laughs) I think I talked about her
0: enough. (laughs) You can totally have four.
1: (laughs) Well, then Courtney would be my fourth since, um, you know, she, she, I tell her to create stuff for me and she creates it. And then I heal more and more. And, you know, the latest is being able to be around all these great spiritual people and really not feeling alone anymore, having kind of intentionally isolated myself like moving to an island where I'm away from people and and just digesting a lot and and internally and not even make trying to make friends just because I wanted to just be a better version of me before I even came out into the world and started making these connections again and and just making them in in truth in my new self that makes so much more sense to me than my old self did but thank you old self anyways for getting me to hear
0: well thank you Becky so much for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox and this podcast it's not goodbye so I feel so much better about it because I know for at least you and I, it's going to be, I'll see you Wednesday during (laughs) during our zoom call with the be your own numerologist course. And then I'll be seeing you on Saturday with the soul empowering hypnosis level up. So I'm, I love that when I have a conversation with a guest, it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. So Becky, thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed uh, just absorbing all this wisdom that you have. to bring Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me.